Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. We're here all together and and it's great to be together again as a church and celebrating God's goodness and we're getting we're on the the final couple weeks of our sermon series Faith Does. Today Faith Does uh, is focusing on the prayer of faith. So this is not necessarily a teaching sermon where we walk through and I'm going to explain to you, you know, what the Greek words mean and all that kind of stuff. But today is more um, an exhortation and, and, and more of a, a preaching sermon, more of kind of an encouragement to us to take the Bible for what it exactly says. I have a, a good friend in this community and we talk theology, he's a pastor, and, and we do a lot of stuff together. And he said, hey, here's, here, let's just set a ground rule from the very beginning. He says, let's not be about reformed or charismatic or, or you know, mainline or, uh, you know, seeker sensitive. Let's not do any of that kind of stuff whenever we get together. Let's just read the Bible and agree that we're going to do what it says. I said, that sounds good to me, Right? And, and one of the things that, that we believe here at this church is that God speaks to us through his word and we must respond. That as you hear and, and the Holy Spirit quickens to your heart and mind and spirit the things that he's said in his word, that we must respond. So I'm going to ask you to, to open up your bulletins, grab your notes, uh, grab your Bible. And, and this section of scripture, James 5, 13 through 20, is going to be what we rest on today. And I'm just going to go through this, and then we've got some meditation points for us today and some action. James 5, 13 through 20 says this, Is any among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of, church, of the church to pray over them and anoint with them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Now Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and he earnestly prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's a lot of, lot of text there. And literally, that last verse The way that it ends right there, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's the end of the book. No, it's been great talking to you. Have a great summer. Stay sweet. Don't ever change. Like nothing like that. I love you, James, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. There's nothing. He ends simply with the charge, much like Christ's last words on earth. Go after people serve people care about people and as we live our lives and 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 walk through our lives we recognize that god has some specific charges 
for us. That it's, that it's much like we saw in that video and much like we read in the Great Commission, right? And recognize that after Easter we're celebrating this. There is a charge to us to be about more than just taking in knowledge and information, but to be a people of action and truth and the Word and grace and living this out. And so this morning, I want to give you a couple things just to think about, questions related to this section of Scripture that I believe that God has, has quickened uh, into us as a leadership team and as our, our church leaders that we need to begin asking ourselves as a church as we believe that faith does. Questions that we need to regularly ask ourselves. The first question is, how is my heart? In, in the first few verses here, You read where it says, is anyone among you in trouble? Is anyone happy? Is anyone sick? Like that covers pretty much a lot of the states of being that we find ourselves in, whether it's contented or broken or anxious or however you want to word it and find it. He really covers the big broad picture here saying, hey, are you basically alive and emotional? In those three things. And, and the question is, how is your heart? And when we begin our days, and when we live our days in Christ, one of the first questions we've got to ask is, where is my heart today? Is my heart full of joy? Is my heart full of, of mercy? Is my heart full of anxiety? Is my heart for, full of pain because I'm broken or I'm sick in some way? Because then that flavors everything we do from the outside. That's, that's a, one of the main things that then determines how the rest of our day goes. I don't, I, I don't know if you do this, but a couple uh, days ago, I, I mean, I've been studying and preparing, not just for this, but I'm just all over the map right now. We're coming to the end of the school year. My kids are doing stuff. I'm coaching three softball teams with my wife. We're doing all kinds of stuff, right? And I had one of those nights where I woke up like every hour on the hour. Anybody have that one? Other than to go to the bathroom. You know, okay. And it's just like, you, you know, like something's happening. I got I to gotta keep going, right? And then like at, at like five in the morning, I finally just gave up, right? My, my legs, I've got restless leg syndrome or whatever. I'm just moving in bed. I'm bothering Cindy. And I finally just got up out of bed and I was like, okay, whatever. And I realized as I went to prayer that, smor- that morning and sat outside and kind of just enjoyed the sunrise, I thought, God, why am I so anxious? And, and my question for us is, where is your heart? My heart was in an anxious place. And as I read this, when I recognize where my heart is, then my next question is, am I willing to give up control? Am I willing to give up control? Because am I willing to give up my anxiety or, or my trouble? Am I willing to give up my happiness and say it's not because of me, but it's because of him? Am I willing to give up my sickness and, and recognize that there's nothing that I can do by worry or there's nothing that I can do by just hoping I'm not sick anymore to make myself better? Am I willing to give up control? So once we re- realize where we are, we have to remember one of our main brokennesses, brokennesses is it? One of my main broken pieces is that I think I'm God. I think that I'm in charge. And so I ask myself, and we need to ask ourselves, where's my heart, and am I willing to give up control? Because here's what the Word says. It says, if you're in trouble, then pray. 
If you're happy, then sing songs of praise. If you're sick, then call for the elders of the church to come pray for you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. There's active things that respond to that that say, I'm giving up control. And the next question is, do I believe that God wants to work in my life? Do I believe, really, that God wants to work with me? Do I believe that God is watching and God is caring and God is loving and God has me on his mind? And does he want to do and act on my behalf? The Bible says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. See, some people approach the day feeling like they have sinned so poorly or so much or so deeply that they can never be forgiven. And so they negate the idea that God wants to work on our behalf and find us in a place of salvation and grace and redemption. And additionally, we go into life and we, we're sick and, and it even says sometimes you might have to call people to pray for you because you might be so sick you can't mouth the words yourself question is, do I believe that God really wants to work in my life? Once we've answered that with an affirmative, we've opened the door. We give up control. We allow God to take our heart and our state of being and change us. The next question is, am I humble enough to ask for help? That's a big one because we're strong people, you know, We've done our work. We've done our things. And if I work harder, I'll succeed. If I push through, then I'll make it. If I then, if I then, that's the typical things we hear. If I will just, then this will happen. And humility says sometimes you have to lay it all down and just say, I, I can't, and ask for help. So the Bible gives us some words that help us remember this. When you're in trouble, pray. Has nothing to do with me but going to Him. When you're happy, praise. Again, nothing to do with me. All about Him. When you're sick, call the elders. Bring people into your life and say, I surrender. I need help. And maybe someone in authority can speak words of life into me. And finally, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. This is possibly in this community the deepest, most painful place that we will ever have to work when we have to approach one another and confess our sins to one another. Here's typically how it happens in church. You know, I've been doing things and making poor choices and just kind of walking in places that God doesn't want me to walk. And we paint this broad brush of like, duh, anybody could do that, right? But it's more when we come and say, here's where I've been. I have cheated in this area of my life. I spoke words against you the other day, and I'm so sorry. Right? That's a lot more painful. That's a lot more hard. That's a lot more humble in how we respond. But it brings healing and life. Moving on, the next question is, do I pray with faith? Sometimes we pray with this, with like a false humility and a false faith. Sometimes we pray prayers that are kind of passive aggressive against God. I don't know if you've ever done this, right? But the idea is you kind of come to it, amazing God, God of everything, here's what I want, right? This false humility of saying, you're so amazing, you're so wonderful, but I. 
And it, and it comes out, it sounds good, like I'm giving God praise, and I'm recognizing God as God, but I really need what I need, all right? And the Word tells us that we need to humbly approach the throne of grace. The Word is very clear that we need, in prayer, to be aligning ourselves with the will of God, not God aligning Himself with the will of man. God is in control. We are not. God is the ultimate authority. We are not. And when we come to God, Almighty God, you are so great. Now please do what I'm asking you to do. I'm going to rub the lamp one more time and hope that the genie pops out. We come in a false humility. That's not the example of Christ. And the next portion of this would be when we, when we go and you say, God, here's the cry of my heart, but if you want me to be miserable for the rest of my life and suffer, then okay, whatever. Right? At the end of our prayer, we pray and we, we act like we've got this great faith, but we leave the door wide open in case God's going to let us down. Okay, God, I'm laying this before you. You really are going to have to take this. But, you know, if you really don't care about me, then, hey, that's all right. Then, God, if you really don't want to move on this, hey, you know, I understand because you're God and you can do whatever you want. But if you really want to help me, what you would do is this. The example of Christ in the moment of trial, in the moment of agony, is, Father, is there any other way? Align my will under yours. God, is there any other way? Help me to see if there's another way. But if not, then your will be done. And I will embrace your will, and I will follow that path of your will. And your will be done. That prayer, that affirmative prayer of Christ that says, but your will be done. Regardless of what it costs me, your will be done. Now that's not this passive aggressive prayer that says, yeah, but if you don't care, then okay, then you be God. But it says, I know you care. I know you have a plan. And if it engages me in this way, then I submit to your authority. That's a completely different prayer. And finally, the question is, How much do I care? How much do I really care? The last section there, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's a big, big portion right there for us to understand and know that he says, you're going to get messy if you really care. It's going to get a little messy Because to go into somebody's life and pull them and rescue them and help them in the place where they are stuck in something, that's a messy situation. And truth of it is, in church, we say we care, but we really don't a lot of the time. You know what? I'll pray about that. I'll pray about, hey, you know, I'm not going to come visit you. I'm not really going to do a whole lot, but but I'm going to pray for you. You know what? That's a good one. We're going to pray for that this week, right? And he says, go. Be active in the, in the aggressive, hand-holding, life encounter that God has put us here to be a part of and actively involved with. And so with that in mind, I'm just going to give you a couple things to fill in. And Shane, if you'll go ahead and put them all on the screen so we can uh, just have them and everybody can fill them in real quick. It says this, so because that I've seen these and asked these questions, because of the things that I've seen in this, because faith does... According to this scripture, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to be resolved to do these things. To make prayer my first response 
to difficulty or suffering. If we're going to be people of the Word, then according to James 5.13, we must make prayer my first response, our first response. My dad used to joke around when we were growing up and, and people would say, uh, you know, we've done all we can do. I guess we'll just have to pray, right? Sometimes you get to the very end of your rope and they're like, okay, gee, well now we've got to pray. I mean, it must be bad, right? It must be an awful thing. And when, when we read in James 5.13, it says your first response to the trouble should be prayer. The second thing is to regularly sing praise to God. Some of us are like, well, you know, I like the songs. I just don't like to sing. I don't have a good singing voice. Well, we'll crank it up so nobody can hear you. That's okay. But one of the spiritual acts of worship is for us to sing praises to God. That's, we're created to do that. And worship can bring life and healing and health and community. Thirdly, to ask for the prayers of others when I'm in need. This is a hard one to break. Because we think if we just lock ourselves in the closet long enough, it'll just go away or God will resolve it. When really God's saying, I want you to be broken to the point that you will go to somebody and you'll reach out and you'll be humble enough to say, I need help. The next is to freely confess my sins and seek forgiveness. This is painful. It's easier to say than to do. But if we want to be a church that sees God change this community, we have to be a people who freely confess our sins and seek forgiveness. And that's a two-pronged deal because confessing our sins is one thing, but seeking forgiveness is another. Confessing our sins we can do to anybody. Seeking forgiveness takes a specific person. And those are the places where I feel like sometimes we have these spiritual wounds and God just says, we're going to go deep into this because I want to heal. I don't want to just rub a salve over it and let that, let that deep infection grow. I want you to be healed. Next, to make, a prayer, make prayer a regular part of my interaction with others. When we're together and we talk about meaningful things or we talk about people, we must be ready to pray for them or to pray for those issues. You know what? A lot of gossip gets stopped if you just stop and pray for someone. Because then you can't talk and let it meander into places where you begin cutting one another down. When you say, hey, you know what? I know where you're going with this, but let's just pray for them. You'll be shocked at how many times somebody who wants to gossip just won't talk anymore. You, you stop the enemy's work when you just say, let's just go to prayer. The other side of it, sometimes we talk about really heavy things and we say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. I, man, it's so difficult and so tough. And then we high five and we walk away. When it may be God's will for us to stop in that moment, wherever it is, and just pray over it right then and right there. One of the habits that I really work at is whenever somebody calls me with a request or a prayer time or, or any kind of conversation, I want to stop that conversation at the very end and say, let's pray before you leave, even if it's a brief prayer. And then finally, to lovingly and humbly work to restore a fallen brother. That's our mission. To go get them. To seek out and be God's hands and feet. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And with these things in mind, it's, it's so important that we understand that, that this word is not only powerful, but it also calls us to a response. And I hope this has been okay to switch the service up on you a little bit. 
But we're, we've prepared a, a little bit more of a worship time because I felt like, how can we talk about these things? And, and our elders, we met together and we said, how can we talk about these things and not just do them? And so even as our band is in place, also what we've prepared this morning is we have elders of this church who are prepared to pray for you. So I'm going to ask elders, will you go to your positions that have been set in place? And you can kind of look around and see where these guys are going because anyone who is sick... Call for the elders of the church and let them lay hands on you and let them anoint you with oil and let them pray the prayer of faith that might bring healing and joy and rest and peace. And that's a tough thing for us to do is to say, I'm broken and I need healing. But this is a direct response to the word. And so we have elders around this room. And and here's what I'm calling us to this morning. Here's what really all of these men surrounding this room, we met this week and talked at length about this and said, we must respond to the Word of God. Here's what we're going to challenge you to. In a moment, I'm going to have you stand. And we're going to worship together. An extended time of worship. Just uh, kind of carrying on from what we did earlier. And during that time, let the Holy Spirit lead you. If you need to make your way and would like to and and really feel like the Holy Spirit is pushing you toward going and, and having someone lay hands on you and pray for you, do it. Please don't feel that tug and miss an opportunity. Maybe you're sitting here and your family is going through something, your husband, your wife, you're going through something together where you just have to agree in prayer. Then as we worship, gather together your family. You don't even have to do it right here. You can go into a place in this room and gather together and pray. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you know that you're in a place and God has just been sticking your heart every time you walk into church that you have something against a brother or sister in this room and you need either the Holy Spirit's power to resolve it this week and you need to pray about that or you need to find them. You need to shake their hand and give them a hug and pray with them, asking God to restore relationship. This prayer time, this worship time, is a time where if you're happy, praise. If you're troubled, pray. If you're sick, let somebody lay, your, lay hands on you. And let the Holy Spirit lead. You can stand up, you can sit down, you can, as long as you don't make a show, you can lay down for all I care. But the truth of the matter is, when we met together, we said our church needs to be called to action as we've read the word this morning. And so I'm going to ask, will you stand with us this morning? And will you let God work in your hearts, and my life as well, as we worship the living Savior, God, this morning, and pray and submit humbly before Him in worship. Let's worship and pray together. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.